I think most business owners underestimate the value of their database. I think it's their, their biggest asset. People have that have already done business with them or, or expressed interest in their service. That's just, I think the biggest overlooked asset in a business. And when they see it, you know, leverage properly, whether it's through like our text messages or one of your email services, they're like, wow, I, I, this is like, I've been standing on a gold mine this whole time and I didn't even realize it. You're listening to How I Scaled My Aesthetic Clinic, the podcast where the most high-performing owners of aesthetic clinics and med spas from all over the world tell their stories and share the strategies and insights that allowed them to grow their business from often humble beginnings to soaring success. If you've ever tried to build a clinic, you'll know that it takes a lot more than just being a great doctor or practitioner, and it helps when you learn from the best in the industry. So join me, Miriam Shaviv, host and director of content at Brainstorm Digital, as we explore how aesthetic clinic owners just like you have developed the mindset, skills, and experience to transform their businesses and how you can do the same. Let's jump in. Here at Brainstorm Digital, our philosophy is that you should always make the most of the leads you already have on your patient database before chasing new leads for your aesthetic clinic or med spa at great expense. We use email to nurture and convert those low-hanging fruit. Graydon Ursell has found another complementary technology, SMS messages. This week's podcast guest is not a clinic owner, but he is the son of one. And it was through helping his father's practice with its marketing that he came to realize just how powerful SMS could be to market and sell to aesthetic patients. Nowadays, he's the owner of Forever Booked, which specializes in SMS marketing for med spas and aesthetic clinics. In today's episode, we discuss how to use this proven method in the most effective way to ensure that every lead you generate is followed up systematically whilst creating less work for your overstretched staff. Plus, we discuss how to use SMS together with your email list to build a really unbeatable marketing machine. Music to my ears. Graydon, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Miriam. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely our pleasure. And I have to say, this is very, very unusual because normally I'm used to interviewing the owners of aesthetic clinics. But you, of course, are the son of the owner of an aesthetic Yeah, <laughs> I'm the next best thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, it's still fantastic. Um, but so tell, just before we start, obviously your, your, your expertise is in text messaging. Yeah. Clinics, but tell, just tell me a little bit, you clearly grew up with this in your blood, I would imagine. Yeah, like I, I've grown, I grew up around the, the medical aesthetic space. Like I remember my first job, I was like, the, I was the janitor of my dad's clinic. So I'd go in there every week and like clean up his clinic and everything. He paid me a bit for that. And then I went away to, or actually before that, when I was still in high school, I started building uh, websites for local businesses. And so that's how I got into the whole digital marketing space. I just noticed that there's a lot of, you know, cl- uh, businesses in my hometown that didn't have a, a mobile website. And this is when everyone was getting smartphones and mobile websites are really important. So that's how I started my sort of my entrepreneurial journey. I started doing that. I went to uh, Queens University in Ontario, I took the commerce program. And then after that, I graduated and immediately started, you know, applying what I learned to help my dad in his clinic and his medical spa in Lindsay, Ontario. And we, 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 we got a ton of success with his clinic. And 
for me, the next logical step was, you know, there's a lot of other clinics you could use some help. And then we started uh, reaching out to other clinics and now we have, you know, close to 20 clinics that we're helping out with our marketing. So let's take a step back. So you graduated um, in with marketing degree and then you went to help your dad's clinic. What initially were you helping him with? He wanted to create, uh, he knew the power of Facebook marketing, but he just didn't really, he didn't know exactly how to put together a, a campaign that would get him really great results. And, you know, he's all, he's super busy with, you know, running his practice. And although he's really passionate about marketing, he just didn't want to get into all the techie stuff. So uh, I helped him put together a campaign. We put together a really compelling offer, like an introductory offer for one of his laser treatments. And then we, we ran a lead generation campaign on Facebook and we booked him a ton of appointments. And he, over a, th over a three month period, he actually made an additional $64,000 of revenue uh, from that campaign alone. So he was, he was pretty happy about that. So how did you get into the idea of texting, which is where, which is the only thing that you do now? Yeah. So the, the whole thing with agencies up until this point, if you're hiring a lead generation agency, and a lead generation agency is someone who's gonna, you know, help um, generate leads, which is someone that's essentially, you know, put their hand up, giving you some information and giving you permission to reach out to them. And in most cases, the agencies will, will generate that lead and then it's up to the, the business owner or the clinic owner or their front desk staff to follow up with those leads and make sure they actually convert into an appointment. And when we start, as we know from our, from our own clients, that is where, you know, that's very often where they bring us on as well. Cause that's the, that's the big problem, isn't it? It's like, um, I find that clinics are always worried about generating leads, but that's not the problem. It's the following up. Yeah, exactly. And, and what, and what usually happens is the agency will say, Oh, you got to follow up with more war with your leads. Right. And that's, that's exactly what we were doing to start. We are only generating the lead. We would create some, you know, some basic email follow-up campaigns, but, it was mostly like on the onus of the, the clinic owner or the, their staff to follow up. And we found that, you know, some clinics were really good at it, but most of the time their staff are just too busy, but they already had too much on their plate, like making patients happy in the clinic because that's their job. Right. So they didn't have time to do that. And what we started to do was we said, why don't we just follow up with the leads for them and get them a bit closer to that sale, to that appointment. So we started using SMS marketing or we started using text messages to do that because it's just a great way to connect with someone. Lots of people will say you want to call them right away after the leads generated, but we find text is a much less intrusive way uh, to get to start that conversation with the lead. And now we use, we use text messaging to follow up that lead immediately and actually get them all up to the point where they want to come in and they're committing to a, a time to come in for a consultation or a treatment. Yeah, I totally agree. We see the exact same thing. Um, of course, we our follow-up method is different. It's via email, but the yep. big challenge is to stay in touch with people for long enough that they do convert. Because very often the, the the inquiries that come in, the leads that come in, they are interested, but it takes time to convert them, um, and that's how clinics essentially get stuck on this hum hamster wheel of constantly looking for new leads where they yeah. have leads that are perfectly good, but they just don't, they can't invest, they're not investing in following them up. And it's almost, it's like a trap almost. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it is a huge trap. And I don't blame them because follow-up, it's tough to do, especially when you're busy running your clinic to, especially to get your staff to follow up. If you're, I'm sure every clinic owner knows the situation where they're sort of hounding their front desk to, to follow up with those leads. 
and maybe they do it once or twice, but it's just a lot of work, especially when you have a lot of volume to come in to like personally well, follow up. It has to be up. done manually. It has to be yeah. automated as much as possible. Yeah. When you have enough leads coming in, who has the time to follow them all up manually? And especially because you have to follow them up, not just once, but really several yeah. times is a very long time. Who, who, who can sit there on the phone doing that all day? So yeah. that's essentially what, what you do. So you have found a way to automate the follow-up. Yes, we do. We automate it, but we can talk about this later, but it's sort of a combination of humans doing it too, which is part of our service. And we can, we can touch on that later for sure. So I know the clinics sometimes already do text people. Um, what is this? Well, first of all, what are the mistakes they're making? When, when, when the clinics are doing this themselves, in your experience, why doesn't it work? What's going wrong? I think a big work, why doesn't it work well enough? <laughs> I think a big mistake uh, clinics make with text messaging is they treat it like uh, an email, right? And they text emails can certainly be two-way back and forth. But with text messaging, it's, it's always going to be two-way, right? Because when someone receives a text from their friend, they're, it's, it, they're going to be responding back to them. And people are, it's used as a conversational medium pretty much only. And so when you're sending out, say, a text that sort of, that just has a bunch of information and an offer and no, like, no, not asking someone to respond back, when someone gets that, it, they just know it's a salesy message. They know it's spammy and they're not going to respond positively to it. And so if you're going to have a text message strategy in your clinic, you need to make sure that you're treating it like a conversation. You have someone on the other side ready to respond to that message promptly uh, and to actually text message back and forth. It's not just like send it out and then get people calling and booking your appointment. It's more like send it out to start the conversation and then chat a bit like through that text message and see where it goes and hopefully get them committed to coming in. It's interesting what you say about email, because of course we don't treat email like that as well. For us, email is all about the conversation and we really want to see people emailing back. That's a sign they, that, they're, that they're engaged. I think, people may, I, I think the clinics actually do make the same mistake with emails, but possibly because they're not sending out the type of emails that actually require um, or, or prompt a response, which is of course a different issue. Um, but I yeah, and I think that's, sorry to cut you off, but I think that's why like your service works so well is because when most people think of email, even me up to this point, I, I often think of a one-way conversation, right? I feel like a lot of people think that same way as well. And when you start using your service, they're realizing that it's actually a dialogue and that's what really, you know, differentiates you guys. I think people kind of get it on, on social media to some extent where, because everyone talks about engagement on social media. <laughs> they do want the likes and they do want comments. Um, so I think there is a certain understanding that on social media, a response is required and something you should be aiming for. But for some reason, um, over email and over text messages, um, it's just a different mentality, isn't it? Yep, for sure. Okay, so let's talk about what makes, so, 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 so that's the problem um, with a lot of the, when the clinics very often do it themselves, they don't expect it to be a conversation. Um, and by that, by the way, um, you mentioned that you need someone at the other end there to text back. Um, is it also a question of tone, call to action? Are they actually writing the text in a way which doesn't invite that response? Yeah, so this actually, leads to another huge conversation, which is compliance, which I would, I would like to just touch on it now because I know that a lot of clinic owners may be hesitating to send out text messages because they're not sure if it's compliant. And that's a huge sort of issue. And that's something that, you know, I spent a lot of time 
like researching and, and, and determining. And so with compliance, both the UK and, S and the US, they actually have laws like prohibiting this, the sending of promotional SMS messages with an auto dialer and, unless you have express written consent uh, from the actual customer. And in the UK, they have sort of a clause that says, if you have a previous relationship with that customer, it's okay to send out uh, that message. And so the UK, it's actually a bit, you have a bit more leeway when you're sending out, say, a promotional message to your, your list of patients. And so, but the US people are, are sort of, they're, they're a bit more hesitant because it says they need express written consent, right? But the thing is that uh, it actually depends on the platform you're using. So we use a platform called Twilio and it's actually not considered an auto dialer under that whole ruling. So we're actually legal to send out messages if you don't have that express written consent, but pardon. There's a loophole. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a loophole, but I don't like to think of it that way because at the end of the day, all these compliance laws, they're, they're meant to stop these people that are purchasing these huge databases of SMSs of text messages and just sending it one way spam messages to those people. They're not really designed to, they're not concerned about, you know, practices just sending a text to their patients. So at the end of the day, even though our software is totally compliant, you still wanted to structure the messages in a way that provides a good experience to, to the end customer. Okay, so then let's talk about that a little bit. What is the best way to structure these text message campaigns essentially? What, what really works? What is the key to it? Yeah, so the first thing you want to do is you want to you don't want to send the offer in the first text. So the way we send out our text messages, we want to, they want to sound personal, right? So an example of something that we could send out, it would be, Hey, Miriam, it's the team at XYZ med spa. Today we're giving out a couple gift cards for $50 off say hydrofacial. Would you like one? And that's, that's essentially all you want to say in the first text. We're not saying, Hey, here's a gift card. We're just saying, would you actually like this? And what you're trying to do is you're trying to invoke that response and sort of sort out the people who are going to put up their hand and say, yes, I'm interested. Yeah. Essentially you're asking for them for a signal or instead of making the sale immediately, you're asking for them for, for, the, for the signal, which is, um, which, which is kind of a, a classic technique that too many, um, you know, too many businesses across the board just never use because they're so hot to get the actual sale but the signal yeah. in many ways is more useful because they're essentially giving you permission to market to them. Exactly. So you have this huge database, you send out this text and by asking that question, you're going to filter out the people that are actually interested in that specific offer that you're sending out. The next important thing is to make sure that you have someone like on the other side, ready to promptly respond to those, to those inquiries because you want to have like a, a great customer experience, right? And so you want to have someone on the other end who, who's able to respond to all those inquiries quickly and efficiently, uh, you know, giving them the gift card and starting to conversate them and move towards the appointment. Okay. And then, uh, and then what else have you found really works? First of all, is this equally good for existing patients and brand new leads or do you treat them, do you treat them differently as well? Yeah, this really depends on how well our clients have their database segmented. So if they have a database that's segmented based on procedures that people have expressed interest in, or maybe procedures that people have come in for a consult but haven't closed for, we can absolutely segment that out and send offers that are specific to what those people have you know, shown interest in. 
But in a lot of cases, they don't have that segmentation in place. So we'll send out a single offer to everyone and we'll just make sure that offer is something that has wide appeal and a lot of what people would be interested in anyways. And so in that case, we'll look to send out something like, uh, you know, an introductory facial, something that's not super expensive and is just a great way to get someone in the clinic to, to have a conversation. Um, you mentioned essentially asking people for the signal. What are the other techniques that you use? I noticed on your website, you talk about some kind of classic techniques that we use as well, which are basically direct marketing techniques, like um, urgency, scarcity. How, how, how do you guys use that? Yeah, we, a little bit and then how to use them. Yeah, like we, we like to use urgency and scarcity, but make it casual, right? Like we were, we were initially saying, hey, we have, you know, 20 gift cards for this treatment. Would you like one? But now we're, we're more leaning towards just, just casually sending it out and, and offering scarcity without being super explicit about it. So we'll, we'll use words like we have a few gift cards that we're, we're sending out today, right? So you're not stating an explicit number, but you're just being casual and saying, hey, we got some of these things laying around. Would you, would you be interested in having one? So that sort of gets the same. Why did you make that change? Is it because the saying we only have 20 and then actually emailing out 40 is just <laughs> doesn't feel... No, there is a real issue there. Yeah. There, 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 yeah. is, there is an ethical issue there um, and an authenticity issue. Um, some clinics, businesses, it's not just clinics. You know, that, that, that's a classic thing that people oh, yeah. use. And I personally think that's what's to blame for a lot of, um, a lot of distrust of marketing. Um, but there are ways to do it ethically, which I think, you know, you are being, you know, a few is, you know, it, it doesn't really limit you. Yeah, like they, it's called false scarcity, right? When someone says, hey, we have, it's like you're, you're signing up for a webinar, like hurry up, there's only 20 seats available. No, there's unlimited seats. It's a digital webinar. <laughs> so and that's it's why like, it's, it, there's only one, it's starting in three hours. <laughs> Guess what? It's recorded. Exactly, exactly. So I, I feel like these techniques, they, they did work and they maybe st they still may work. But as we progress and like, consumers always getting more, they're always getting more uh, sophisticated, right? So that's why I'm leaning towards being less, uh, you know, still, still trying to, sorry? Less aggressive. Yeah, less aggressive with these things. And I think that's just going to get more important as we, uh, as we move forward. Um, how about frequency? Um, uh, when, we, when, when we speak to clients about using, learning to leverage their email list, um, and to and to to really nurture those relationships. One of the things we hear a lot is people who are afraid of over emailing. In fact, practically every yeah. clinic owner says it. Now, my attitude is: as long as you're sending people really, really relevant, interesting yeah. emails, there's no such thing, right? You can email people yeah. every single day, and as long as it's relevant and interesting to them, they are absolutely going to read it a lot more than they'll read, you know, the the kind of regular promotions, which you know are just selling stuff. Um, but on text messages, obviously, you're sending much shorter texts. So how do you deal with that issue of frequency? What is the optimum? How do you make sure that you're not over texting people? Is that even a concern for you? Yeah, it's a great question because unlike emailing where you, you do have the opportunity to send out like really good information with texting, I think the over texting law definitely does apply because whenever we text someone, we're not sending out like we're not sending out uh like this, this information that you'd be sending out with it, there's always an offer in that text message. So with that said, it's important to space them pretty far apart. We like to space the t messages at least, you know, two months apart uh, between sending out offers. 
The cool thing about it though, is the way we send out messages, we don't just send them all out at once because that creates an influx of appointments that the clinic often just can't handle. So what we'll do is we'll take a database of say, you know, 2000 messages and we'll, we'll break it down. We'll chunk it down into one to 300 messages per day. So instead of this huge influx of appointments, it turns into this like steady, steady stream of appointments coming in because we're texting every day. And if a clinic has a large database, you can text all those people at that rate. And by the time you get to the end of the list, it's ready to start at the beginning again, because you know, like two months have passed. So you can just continue doing it on a, on a perpetual basis. And the cool thing about when we start running ads for these clinics, those ads are also building up the database as well so that it continues to increase in size. Okay. So we're going to talk about how to convert the lead. You're essentially, you are, you're still creating leads just slightly further down the funnel. Um, but let's talk about that in a second. We're just going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll talk about what happens once people respond to your text. Um, how do you handle that? Hey, it's Miriam here again. And during this break, I have a quick question for you. How easy are you finding it to market to your patients now that your clinic is reopened after lockdown? Lots of practice owners are struggling. They're not sure what to say to patients in this new normal. People are still recovering from the shock and the trauma of quarantine. Many have lost jobs and income. Sending the same old blunt promotions just doesn't feel appropriate anymore. You might be operating with a smaller team and a smaller marketing budget. And reopening your clinic is so much work, you don't even have the headspace to focus on marketing right now. If you can relate, let me introduce you to Inbox Express. That's our library of marketing emails written specifically for aesthetic clinics and med spas just like yours. They're designed to make your marketing to your patient database as easy, as quick, and as effective as possible. So you can get patients back through your doors again and again, even in these difficult times. All you need to do to get these emails working for your clinic or med spa is to fill in a few blanks, upload them to your marketing platform and hit send. You don't have to worry about messaging because it's all done for you. Each template takes an average of one to two minutes to customize, making your marketing more manageable during this pressured time. To find out more, visit inbox-express.com. That's inbox-express.com. I'll include the address in the show notes so just take a quick look in a text under the podcast and you'll find it there. Now back to the show. Hi everyone, welcome back to How I Scaled My Aesthetic Clinic. I'm here with Graydon Ursel, who is an expert in text marketing, um, sending texts um, to generate appointments for med spas and, and aesthetic clinics. Um, we've talked a lot about um, how to structure a campaign, what kind of things to say. But now I want to talk to you a little bit about what happens once people reply. Um, so first of all, you've said that someone has to be on the other end in order to reply to those text messages. How can actually clinics, um, how, how can they handle that? You, how can, even if they're only getting you know, a few texts every single day, that's still a lot. How can they handle that? Yeah, it's definitely helpful to use some sort of software. Uh, we... Like if, if you have a small database, you can do this just with someone's cell phone and have someone, you know, responding to these messages uh, with their cell phone. The way we have it set up is we have a software that we use and it, it, it creates this uh, inbox of all these messages. And we literally have another person on the other side waiting for these messages to come in. And then when someone does respond, yes, we actually manually put them into a follow-up campaign, which will send them their gift card right away 
ask them if they would like to book an appointment. And if they don't respond to that message right away, uh, it will actually wait a day and then send them another message, just sort of tapping them on the shoulder and seeing if they're ready to come in. So you can absolutely do this manually. It's, if, if, it gets, if your database is too big, it's gonna get unmanageable at some point. But if you just wanna test this strategy out manually, you wanna send out the initial message, uh, wait for that response, and then just reply back with whatever, whatever that person uh, requested. Or you can handle it for them. <laughs> I know. I'm trying not to plug my service too much here, but okay, I'll do it's it helpful you. to have like someone to do this for you, if, especially if you're uh, at a large scale. When the clinics are handling it themselves, um, is there, I'm assuming that there's some kind of skill in replying to people. Um, like for example, with the email, we find that we want to suss out how warm people are, you know, when they reply, because that makes a difference to how, again, you know, how, how, um, how aggressively you reply, you, you know, you, you try to pursue them in order to get a booking. Um, when it comes to text messaging, is that the same? Is there any skill to answering people or is it literally just nailing them down to get the, to get them to come in? Yeah, there, there is quite, there's a lot of subtleties. You don't think there's gonna be a lot of subtleties, but there actually is when you, when you start uh, having conversations with these people, uh, you want to use pretty, you don't want to use super aggressive language. So one phrase that we'll use, we'll send out the text message and we'll say, uh, when, when do you think you might like to come by? So if you break that message down, like a lot of those words, like, when do you think you might, and then you might like to come by. It's like the, a lot of those, they're not, it's like, when can you come in? It's not that it's inserting those That's words. Really yeah. It's like, Hey, when do you think you might like uh, to stop by? And so it's really casual and it's not like trying to push them super hard. And we find if we use that sort of language, then the, you know, people respond a lot more positively. It's also the more casual language is also really more suited to text messages, isn't it? Because that's quite a yeah. medium in general. So you have to match the tone to what you're to, to the medium. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. How do you track all this? You know, we've talked, I think we mentioned earlier about how clinics um, very often have trouble tracking, you know, really what happened to their leads. Um, how do you guys track it? We, we put everything, we create a, like a KPI dashboard for our clients. And so we integrate our software with that and we'll track all the appointments that come in and how much those people are actually spending in the clinic when they, when they come in. So if, if you're going to do this, I would suggest just go on Google sheets or Excel and start uh, tracking uh, the appointments from there. Like you don't have to have a super sophisticated system in place. The important thing is that you're, you're just tracking, you know, how many of these people are, are coming in and, and what they're actually spending and if they're actually buying anything else when they come into the clinic too. Um, and obviously nowadays marketing, you know, different areas, you know, all kinds of tend to gel together. Everything needs to work together. Um, so what else does this work with? Obviously leads are coming in via Facebook. Um, how easy is it to integrate a text campaign into the other campaigns that the clinics are running? Yeah, it's another great question. It's pretty, it's pretty easy to implement. Uh, so when someone is running or they're generating leads, they usually have the leads being collected through like a Facebook ad form or a landing page. And usually what happens is maybe their digital marketer, their company will send that lead to a spreadsheet. The clinic gets an email. Hey, this lead just came in. You should follow up with them. What we'll do is we'll disconnect that form to our software, whether it's through like we use a, like a software called Zapier, which you're obviously familiar with. <laughs> 
Yeah. And so that will send that lead into our software and trigger the same follow-up response that we'll use in our reactivation campaigns. So uh, someone entering a form requesting a gift card online is sort of, it's the equivalent of someone replying back. Yes, please. I want that gift card. So that's how the two sort of strategies intersect. Once that person gives you permission, that's when you trigger the follow-up campaign to deliver their gift card and ensure they get booked in. Braden, I want to ask you some general questions now. When you work with clinics, when they start implementing this, does it change? Do you find that it changes their attitudes um, to marketing in any way? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely their attitude with like the legitimacy uh, of follow-up for sure. Because some they, they'll see like, well, well, someone will get booked in and then they'll see that that person was texted like, like four times over four days until they finally responded. And like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was just really busy. Thank you so much for, for following up with me. And people actually, they are appreciative of follow-up. I think businesses, they always think they're pestering people. But like, when was the last time you went into a small business or a restaurant and hadn't come in for a while? When was the last time they actually reached out to you personally with an offer to come back in? Like it never happens. <laughs> and people are just genuinely busy. Like we were talking about this um, a while back. I was talking about this with my partner, Danny, because obviously, um, you know, over email as well, it's the exact same thing. It's the consistency of reaching out to people, which makes a difference. And we do see, by the way, sometimes, um, some, sometimes some of the, our conversions, it's people who've been on an email list for years, right? Months yeah. or years. <laughs> Um, yeah. which sounds terrible. Of course, there's people who convert right away as well. Um, but the point is that you have this asset and to really make the most of it, you know, people take, it takes, it can take a lot of persistence. Um, and we were talking about it because we realized that we had signed up to some service um, where the guy had phoned Danny. I think Danny worked out that he'd phoned him 13 times, right? Um, and you know, that guy, pro he may have felt the same way that he was pestering him, but in reality, Danny actually really was interested. There were just a lot of other things going on. And had that guy not continued phoning 13 times, he wouldn't have got a sale, but he did. Um, and it was worthwhile. And I think that there is definitely something about our fear of pestering. Well, if you really believe in what you're selling, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be so afraid to sell it essentially. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're, I think you're doing a disservice by not selling it. If that person showed interest at some point. And I feel like a lot of people, they think they're marketing to the static group of people, but it's actually more like, uh, it's called like the moving parade concept that you're, you're advertising to a moving parade of people, meaning that people's situations are always, they're always changing, right? They're never static. And you could reach out to one person one week, but then the next week, their whole, you know, they, they could have got a promotion or something like there's so many things that change in their life that are going to make them interested at some point. And so it's, 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 you shouldn't assume that people's situation is always the same. They're always changing. So it's important to always be reaching out and reminding them of your service. Okay. So that's, so, so the clients we work with, they, um, they become more into long-term follow-up. Um, and any other changes? Do they, do they understand better the value of their database, which, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think most business owners underestimate the value of their database. I think it's their, their biggest asset. People have that have already done business with them or, or expressed interest in their service. That's just, I think the biggest overlooked asset in a business. And when they see it, 
you know, leverage properly, whether it's through like, our text messages or one of your email services, they're like, wow, I, I, this is like, I've been standing on a gold mine this whole time and I didn't even realize it. Uh, I, I 100% agree. I think that it's a little tragic. I, to me, the way I see it is that um, businesses just find um, new leads sexier, basically. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Their email database is like that old thing on the computer. <laughs> You know, it's, yeah. it is it is less sexy, essentially, to bring in someone who's already been to your clinic one more time. But what we always say to clients is, if everyone who comes in once a year comes in twice a year, right, you already made a whole lot more money. And that's much easier than to generate brand new leads. So it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Yeah. And that's just human nature. Like people, they, they are trained to think that new is better. Yeah. And, you know, every other business owner is thinking that way. So if you just think this other way and start reaching out to your existing people, you're going to have a huge advantage because no one else, very few other people are thinking like that. It's also your own pool. The other thing is that when you're constantly going after new leads, you are competing with a lot of other clinics out there for those exact yep. people already on your database, whether it is on your email database or your list of phone numbers, um, they are yours. Right? So you are fishing in a different pool um, when, you, when you really cultivate those people. And in a competitive yep. environment like we have today, that's really, really key. Yeah, for sure. Um, Graham, let me ask you something. Obviously, it's, uh, it, it is coronavirus um, central here. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it won't be forever, but it will be for a long time in the foreseeable future. So how has um, your, text, uh, your text strategy um, changed? Does it change at all with coronavirus? Yeah, we actually, most of our clients have chosen to not send out texts like during the thick of this thing. There's some people that have, they'll have offers where they'll, they'll deliver at-home facial kits. We've helped some people out with that. And we've, we've actually had quite a bit of success with that because, you know, people still want, they get treatment and they're missing their facials. So we sent out some for that. But now that things are starting to open up here in Canada and the U.S., we're starting to send out reactivation campaigns again. We're going to be sending out one for one of our clients uh, with an offer for injectables next week. I think that's a great thing to bring back people back with because, you know, they're getting withdrawals. They, they want to get these <laughs> injectable treatments. So that's a great thing to reactivate people with. But, but yeah, like during the thick of it, we weren't sending out a bunch of promotions. I don't think it's a good idea to do that anyways. I would assume also virtual consultations would be great for text. Yeah, we just, we've just, uh, during the past couple of weeks, I've just added that into our sort of our system is uh, we can generate a lead, whether it's through a, re a reactivation or through Facebook or Instagram. And instead of direct them towards a real consultation, we'll direct it towards a virtual consult. So we can, we can drive those as well, which I think is going to be a huge, huge uh, thing coming uh, in the future. Of course. Um, what were the, you've talked about how um, clinics have, have, temporarily paused during the lockdown or quarantine or stay-at-home orders where you know each place is calling it something different but do you think that the other than what you're promoting now that everyone's beginning to reopen a little bit does the messaging strategy change at all or is that um, or is that a fundamental that doesn't really change yeah we can during that initial text message we'll modify it a bit uh you can say like you know to celebrate our real to celebrate our reopening we're, we're giving out these gift cards for this treatment, right? So you can, it's always good to have some sort of context, contest when, context when sending out these offers. So, so that's a good idea. And then we'll also, we started to add in response templates into our system. 
that will address any concerns about uh, like safety and sterility of the clinic. So you definitely want to be more, you want to make sure you're reassuring people that when they come in, it, it's really safe. So we'll start to reassure people about that. And then also we'll, we'll Great, so, so, so obviously that's a massive theme over email, but you can talk to people about safety over text as well. How, how might you do that? Yeah. So like say that in your appointment confirmation text, you could send out, you know, by the way, here's what we're doing to ensure your safety when you come in. Or if someone has that question up front, we'll, we create, like we have a huge question Q and a database that we're always adding onto uh, to properly answer all these questions that are coming in. And so when someone has a question about that, we can send them the templated response uh, really quickly. And, and it's a thorough response that will give them a good answer to that. So it's either like if they're asking explicitly about it, or you can add it in during the confirmation text when they come in. Right. And one thing I realized I didn't ask you and I really should have done is about results. What kind of return can people really expect um, on the text messaging campaign? Yeah, that's going to, so that varies according to a few things. The first one is the responsiveness, responsiveness of uh, your database. So when we send out a text, we always look, the, a big metric that we use is the booking rate. So what percentage of those people that receive the text actually booked uh, treatment? And that can be, that's usually anywhere from two to, to 10%, like 10% being like, yeah, two, it's usually two to 10%, right? And that also depends on which treatment you're, you're promoting. So if you send out an offer for cool sculpting, the response rates can be much less than, you know, an offer for hydrofacial or appeal, but you're going to have more people like cool sculpting is also all like people are spending more money. Right. So, sorry, you're going to say something. I was, was going to ask whether there are any indications, um, obviously, by the way, we're, this is a, an audio pod, podcast, but we're speaking on zoom so we can see each other. Yeah, I can see you're like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so are there any indications before you start texting, um, a particular, when you take a list essentially of, of, of numbers, what are the criteria? Like what, what, what's an indication for you that this may actually be a good list? Cause I'm sure the quality varies. Yeah. Generally the larger the list, uh, the lower the response rates going to be become. And that's usually because these people, oftentimes people have changed numbers. It's not as updated. It may be for, from like further back. And so usually if you have a smaller list, you're going to usually assume that the response rate's going to be uh, a bit higher. And then other things well, can well, come into play. What's the optimum number? What's the optimum list size from your point of view? There's no optimum list size. We like, even we've used lists as small as a hundred people. Like we, we actually sent out a text to get uh, someone, some Google reviews. We sent out a text to hundred people and they instantly had 16 great Google reviews. Wow. So if it's a small list, it's usually really responsive, but you know, if you have a large list, you can still use our service. If you have a list of 10,000, the response rate is going to be lower, obviously. Uh, but there's no real limit uh, to, the, to the list size. Presumably, the response rate will be lower, but the overall um, yeah. will be higher. Exactly, exactly. So for one case study we had, we, uh, this was actually one of the first times we used uh, this service when we were first implementing it. We had a client with a database of uh, a thousand people. We sent in an offer for $50 off hydrofacial. They booked in 97 appointments for hydrofacial. So their booking rate was close to close to 10%. And those people, they ended up making, you know, over 10 grand just from those people that came in, they purchased the hydrofacial and we'll consult with the business to help them put together backend offers too. Like maybe they, we can sell like a, a, a continuity program or like a package of more hydrofacials when they come in. 
So they saw an instant like 10 grand right when they, right when they signed up with us. Wow, amazing. Um, last question. Um, just in general, um, how do you see, we, we started talking a little bit about coronavirus and how that, how that might change text messaging for aesthetic clinics. Um, but I'm just interested in your, in your insights. How do you see it affecting aesthetic marketing in general? Like the use of more text messages in the future? Uh, not, not just about text messages, but do you think that the marketing landscape for aesthetic, obviously you're, you're in marketing. Um, do you see that the yeah. marketing landscape for clinics, how do you see it, it, it changing in which ways? Yeah, so I see this as a pretty big uh, opportunity in the future. I think clinics who sort of take on uh, almost adopt a hybrid model to their clinics are going to see a lot of success. And by a hybrid model, I mean, how much of the in-clinic experience can you can you sort of get out of the way virtually before they come in uh, to the actual clinic itself? And it's going to be really important in these coming months because, you know, clinic capacity is going to be reduced because of social distancing. You want to ensure people they're not going to be around close quarters with other people. So the, the time someone spends in your clinic is going to be more, you know, sort of valuable than ever. And you want to make sure that everyone that comes in is super qualified. And so I think that's going to be a really huge thing to, to think of in the future. And a big way to approach that is to start doing a lot of virtual consultations. How much can you, you know, talk to someone and build a relationship before they actually meet you in person and virtual consultations are a big thing. Uh, creating like different educational materials that you can send out. Like if you want to, you can write your own book to send out to people to sort of uh, so they can get to know you before they actually come in. So doing a lot of that before they actually step in is going to be really important. So getting people essentially, so, so, so getting people um, to, to consume is an answer. Many of the questions that they may have asked in clinic out of clinic beforehand um, for safety reasons and for capacity reasons um, and that will change the way that people will market because they'll have to spend more time online with people I would assume exactly and I think that's a good uh, that's a good mindset to have anyways because what we want to try to do or what the act of marketing is you really want to duplicate the the salesperson right because marketing is like it's like a copy of the the best salesman ever just duplicated across the internet and con people in consults if they're saying the same thing over and over to people to you know to educate them and sell them on a treatment you want to package that up and make it work for you online as much as possible well, essentially, with one of the issues is that clinics try to bring people in for um, for consultations too early. Um, they assume that yep. as soon as someone has made an inquiry, they're ready for consultation. But actually, that person may need a lot of warming up, which is part of what we do over email, because you can send them a whole sequence of emails, you know, answering their objections, educating them, helping them understand the benefits. Um, introducing them to the doctor um, and essentially you pre-sell them you want them to buy by the point that they that they get into the clinic they're already willing to buy because you've done the hard work essentially already with your marketing um, and I guess what you're saying is that that is going to become it was always important um, and I think yeah. it was always a strategic mistake not to do that but um, but circumstances are going to force clinics to, to, to take that approach more and more yeah. And I think people are going to start to expect it too, especially like back to the virtual consult piece. 
I think in a lot of the ways, virtual, they're obviously not as effective as a real conversation, but they're way, way more convenient. Like the convenient factor weighs out the decrease of, of I guess, interaction during the consultation. And so people are going to realize they start doing all these Zoom meetings. I'm like, wow, this is actually really convenient. Why, am, why aren't I doing this before I come in to get a, to see if I'm a candidate for a treatment? Yeah, I think people can use them also as, uh, as a screening mechanism in both ways. The clinics are making sure they're not essentially wasting their time, time wasters, by getting them onto a Zoom call first. But the yeah. patients equally are screening the doctors um, and the clinic uh, uh, because, you know, it's a quick way for them to find out also whether it's really worth coming in. Yep, yep, for sure. Um, Grin, thank you very much. Absolutely fascinating. Um, it, foreverbooked.com. Um, obviously, if people want to get in touch with you, that would be a good, a good place. Um, how else can they get in touch with you, learn more about what you do? Yeah, for sure. I've actually just about finished putting together a resource for anyone uh, listening to this. So if you go to www.foreverbook.com slash brainstorm, there's going to be a PDF you can download that's going to show some of our, you know, our case studies around uh, SMS marketing. We'll even give you the word for word messages that we send out to give you some ideas, maybe some inspiration for your own campaigns. So yeah, just visit fairbook.com slash brainstorm. You can download that and uh, hopefully that'll be a good starting point for you to, you know, learn about this and pursue this more. And of course, we're going to put that link in the show notes as well. So just um, anyone who's listening to this at the bottom of the page, there'll be a link to that as well, where you can get your hands on those really, really valuable case studies and, um, and, and templates. Um, Grin, thank you very much. It was an absolute pleasure having you on um, how I scaled my aesthetic clinic. Um, of course, you're helping scale many aesthetic clinics. So that's a bonus. Yeah, I'm, I'm honored to be the first non-clinic owner on this podcast. Thank you so much. Oh, the second. Okay, that's not that's still not that bad. Um, everyone else, um, we will see you on. I'm Miriam Shaviv of Brainstorm Digital, and we will see you on the next episode of How I Scaled My Aesthetic Clinic.